and welcome back to a very much impromptu Sunland Review Pod. Um, what the folk Sunland Review Pod? Sorry, see, I'm that unprepared. I didn't even get the name of the podcast right. Uh, truth be told, we hadn't planned on doing a podcast at all, but we're so absolutely buzzing of Sunland's four-one demolition over Wigan Athletic. Me and Ross thought we'd jump on and just kind of talk about why Sunland's great, why we're so happy, and why uh, the year ended perfectly. Ross, I know the answer to this, mate. Um, just me and you tonight, but. Buzzing with that. How are you? Aye, very good, mate. Very good. Like, see, we just couldn't wait to get on, just chat rubbish about how brilliant we are. It's mad, isn't it? Like, it was obviously we were watching, um, well, I was watching the red button tonight, and I think for minute one, I felt like someone were in control. And I mean, the, the, we'll start right at the beginning, right? Um, the starting line it was a bit odd, and obviously, it's it's worked really, really well, but. I felt like that game, even with the changes we've made, that seemed bizarre at the start of the game, or a little bit unusual, shall we say. We were never out of control of that game from minute one. The only way we were going to lose that is for our own mistakes. They were never going to be better than us. It would be us beating ourselves, in my opinion. And I think the goal kind of was that. It was our mistake. And we, four one even, to me, 4-1 even flatters them a bit yeah, from the too. first half. Because like, I, I it was like, so one-sided. I felt like every time we went forward, we could have scored. I felt like I, I don't know what it was. It, it just felt like, do you know, Wigan looked like they were a League One team, and some would argue and say they were, but we looked like a high-level Championship team. And some people will say, "Well, we're fourth, so we are." But we're in. We're nearly in January. We're fourth off top, Ross. I <laughs> I want to get excited. And I know I've tried to like tamper expectations a little bit, and so many things can change. But football's about getting excited. We're fourth off top, and, and deservedly so, Ross. We've done that without two strikers for about 13 games or 11 games or something. We should be excited, shouldn't we? Yeah, 100%. Look at that back four tonight. We had <laughs> we had O'Neill left back, Bailey right centre back, and Tri Hume right back. It's a massive, massive, like achievement to be where we're at at this part of the season like you say well, no strike us for so long and you've got to give it to the man Mowbray he subs the last two games have been absolutely spot on everything he's touched since Christmas since that new Hugo Boss jumper got on him like we said the other night it's made the difference it's it been brilliant it's all the Hugo Boss mate I have to agree with you I think exactly the same he just looks more confident in it and I think that just Evaporates, evaporates. It does something to the players. It doesn't evaporate into them. I don't and by think the way, sense. if anybody's listening from Hugo Boss, we would definitely be open to sponsorships. One hundred percent. If you want to check a couple <laughs> of thousand into the podcast, that'd be no problem. If you can just get someone to edit it, that would be all right. Actually, do we just do we speak to Hugo himself? Is he a person? I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to find out. We'll work it out. I once got a letter from the family of Gucci to my actual job because I'd wrote an explainer piece about the house of Gucci and they said uh, that they weren't happy with the story so they wanted all the papers that had covered the story to um, write about how they weren't happy about it. I didn't. I wasn't that bothered. Sorry, Gucci. I'm a Hugo Boss man. There's so many things I can speak about here and obviously we've came straight on after the match, which we never, ever do. And there's so many things I've just wrote down really quickly and it's basically just every player, me praising them, but... Let's just try and pick it apart a bit here. Um, I'll start with Dan Neal. And I'm not saying he's been the best of all of them. It just there's so many to choose from. Dan Neal was one of 11 superb players tonight. Well, however many subs were made. Um, 
he gets a bit of stick sometimes, Daniel, but he actually played a slightly deeper role. And Barr was actually the advanced one, where Michu kind of was the one sitting, which is not the way I'd have any of that midfield. But that midfield as a whole, Michu included with that, Michu in the middle, was superb. And, and I loved how Barr was getting forward and becoming the number 10. And I liked how Michu and Daniel sort of sat. But I would have never put them in that position at the start. But that's credit to the players and, and credit to Tony Mowbray with that, I think, Ross, isn't it? Definitely. I think before the game I put on Twitter, I had horrible, horrible flashbacks to seeing Barr and Daniel in the same midfield together after the Cardiff debacle. But with Michu in there, like you see, it added a new dynamic. It was it was different. And it's the first time I think I've seen Daniel in the Corey Evans role and felt like he looked comfortable. And he he, he looked... He, I think he's another player who's grew in confidence as the season's gone on. And I think he just looks a bit more... I don't know if it's just because he's doing well, but he looks more physically imposing on the game and fitter. He definitely looks fitter. Uh, he couldn't. He was he's blown out of his backside after sixty minutes. And you know what? I'm, you've just kind of made me think here. And again, it's uh, um, this is impromptu, so like I've not wrote any questions down or any specific discussion points outside of the players, really. But. The Cardiff game, we came on the podcast and we kind of went, oh, red flags about Mowbray and this and that and the other, because Cardiff was poor. It was a really poor performance. But since then, and I know we've had a World Cup break and stuff, but like we kind of handle that. We've got a really good win at Birmingham, which is a hard place to go and get a result. We then fixed our home form a little bit by beating Millwall 3-0, who was sixth off top of the time. Yes, we were poor against West Brom. We weren't perfect against Hull. But we put in a well-deserved win over Blackburn, um, which we deserved within 90 minutes. And tonight we were absolutely dominant and made made the likes of McLean and Max Power and players who, you know, have done a job at this level before look like the fourth version players at points we were that good against them. Um, we we spoke an awful lot about those red flags with Tony Mowbray and stuff like that. And I don't think either of us necessarily would have preferred Tony Mowbray over Alex Neal. And when Alex Neal left, we were all a bit worried. But we're now about four months into his tenure. He's got us playing some beautiful football and and looking like we know exactly what we're doing. He deserves, at this point in time, a huge amount of credit. Tony Mubber doesn't need. I think anyone who doubted him, he started proving them really wrong. 100%. And the one thing that we were told by fans of our clubs is when the football is good, it is absolutely wonderful to watch. And we've proved that. We've got the attacking talent so we can play that way. Um. What's impressed me over the last few weeks, like since the break, all right, we had a wobble against West Brom, but West Brom's form in the minute, who hasn't had a wobble against them? Um, Hull, the red card changed things for me. Although we weren't great, I still think we would have had enough to get something there. But the subs, the strength and depth we got, it's starting to show now. I know we've had a lot of injuries in defensive and then obviously Pritch went off again, which was a real shame. But we just got so many options and We've, you you mentioned there about how bad we made Wigan look. They they ran away with it last season when we were nowhere near them, and they've they've got players who you'd class as I don't know you you, you everybody says oh they're your bog standard championship players in abbreviations, but we've made them now. I think second half of the game at our place, and especially today, made them look bang average, which what they probably are, and we're just starting to look a step above. The, the average championship team we've got a bit about us now and we're starting to gel and that's I don't know I just feel it, it, it could all be a false dawn you know what I'd say a lot of injuries could catch up on us but 
why not enjoy the ride? You know what I mean? We're, in the, we're fourth in the championship playing unbelievable football and we've got some brilliant players to watch. I've held on to it as long as I can. But fuck me, Diallo. Jesus Christ. What a player. He's, he's going to play for Man United next season, isn't he? Yeah. Do you know, we, we've had players on loan for Man United before, right? And we've said, we're never getting them. And I don't want to put it down on it because we've got six months of them yet. Didn't worry. Another six months to go yet. Um, but we've had players from Man United before that were brought in on loan and we've gone, yeah, I think they're I think they're Man United players. I mean, Danny Welbeck sticks out like a sore thumb when I think of that. Johnny Evans is obviously the main one. Diallo fits 100% in that category. He is a wonderful footballer. And do you know what I love most about him? Well, actually not the thing I love most because I like when he bangs in 30 yarders, like, but he works his absolute arse off. And I just yeah. think that's testament to him. And I, and, and I noticed that the minute he came in, he chases and he harries and he defends. He wins stuff back. But going forward, my God, what a footballer. It just, the ball just sticks to his feet. It's like glue when he runs with it. He's he's so good. And the thing is, I mean, I think he can get better. I don't mm. even think he's hit his ceiling for this season and beyond. Like he's got so much potential. How old is he, 20 year old? I'm going to have to Google it, but he's not very old. I mean, he looks like he's 12. To be fair, but for how small he looks and how young he looks, I don't think I've seen him this season get pushed off the ball much at all. He's he's twenty and a half, <laughs> very precise. <laughs> but but yeah, like you say, he's he's not even twenty one year old, and he's he's taken the absolute piss out of good professionals mm-hmm. in the championship, and he he's making good players who are the only. I remember when we played, I can't remember who it was now. Oh, was it um, Millwall? And everyone had said how good their fullbacks were. And he just took the piss out of them. And these are players who were getting touted for Premier League moves in the press. And if they're going to be moving up to the Premier League like they're getting touted up, then he's going to have a lot of fun next season for Man United. But I just love watching him in a Sunland shirt. And let's let's enjoy these last few months with him in a Sunland shirt because he's a special talent. Look, look see what you want about um, James McLean. I'll not go into it. Um, it's not worth it, but he's a very experienced, difficult fullback to come up against that can offer things going forward and can and whip a good ball in. And there was a point tonight in about the 87th to 90th minute, I think it was just after Diallo's goal, where Patrick Roberts and Diallo literally took the piss out of him. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know some people don't like James McLean and they'll enjoy that because of that reason. Um but to watch, take all of that out of the equation, to watch Roberts and Diallo backheeling it to each other in like little tight spaces and him just looking beleaguered and knackered. And that's a player that has played seasonally in the championship um, at a good level for Stoke, played in the Premier League with us. He's done well at Wigan. He's a He's, a, he's, he's an international. He's been international for, I think, near on a decade with Ireland. And we absolutely took the piss out of him. We didn't, just Muller him, we took the mick. And and there was a few players on that pitch that were season pros that Diallo and Roberts just took the mick out of. Um, I, I just cannot speak highly enough of them tonight. And and this is why I wanted to come on, because I'm just really happy with the fact that our team's frighteningly good sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you mentioned Roberts there, because I thought he was good. He was really good on Boxing Day, and he got hooked for Sims, and it worked. But today, he just came on, and Wins a penalty, scores a goal, and then, like you say, takes a piss out of James McLean. It's a, 
it's not a bad not a bad twenty odd minutes, is it? Half an hour, you know. You've he's had worse. But you know, yeah. like, no, I like about Roberts, right? When he came, obviously I'd watched him up here with um with Celtic and I, I know he did really well, but he he'd been around a bit for a young kid and he's I think 24, 25, 25 maybe, and I thought are we going to get that same Roberts that was at Celtic when he was still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and, you know, thinking, oh, I can play for Man City and I'm now playing for Celtic? And I'm really delighted to say that we have. I think, in a way, we, we've got a different player. Maybe we might even get a better player because he's so experienced and, he, like you say, he's been around the block. He, I think it, some games he does get frustrated, but when he's on it, he's... As Mowbray has said, we've got two of the two of the best players in the league, but they're both playing in the same position in Ahmad and Robert. So we've just got to find a way in fitting them both in. But what, what do you know what I mean? What what a what an option to have compared to what we've been used to. Again, I keep going back to it, embrace where we are because it's been a while since we've had this much fun watching a Sunderland team at this level. Yeah, and I mean it. The, the big question for me, and look, hey, if we if we miss it and it doesn't happen, that's all right. Like, I couldn't have wished for the season to go as, as well as it has now in my wildest of dreams. I keep going on about it. I said I'd be happy with 15th. I think we might be all right. I think we might get 15th, unless something goes drastically wrong. But um, you look at the way the team is now, and I know there's like another half a season to go, right? So, like, anything can happen. And we have had the occasional stinker, Carter, for mentioned before. These things can happen, but we're winning games away from home. We've continued to do that, which was never really a problem. We talked about how important it was to fix the home form. We said, imagine if we fix the home form and continue to win away from home, where we could go. Tonight we looked, well, tonight was one of our best away performances of the season. So the away form seems okay. Um, the home form, we've won two in the last three, one of them against a top 10 team. Um, the other one, actually a top six team, the other one against a top three team, we're now fourth off top. We keep talking about expectations and stuff like that. Is it time to start looking you know, further up and can we do this? We're halfway through the season. We're almost in January. We're fourth off top. I think now those expectations maybe don't need to change, but can be raised a little bit that we're not just going to survive in this league, Ross. We'll go, we can go for these playoffs. Let's, let's just say it. I don't want to jinx it, but we can. And if we miss it, it's fine, but we can go for the playoffs. We're good enough. Yeah, I think there's about 12 teams in this league will be seeing exactly the same as us right now. Yeah. You get a good run together in this league and you can be up there. And I think we need to maybe let a few on loan and get a few in who are going to make a difference in the starting 11 rather than on the fringes in January, just to be sure, especially with the injuries. Because I think defensively, one or two, we, we, I think we can cope in attacking areas like we did when we had no strikers, although it was tough some games. But I think if we lose one or two if I was centre halves or a full back, then we were up shit creek a bit. Um so I think that needs to be addressed. I was gonna see a centre midfield, but then you've got Dan Neal, who's had his best performance of the season in a role that is a role we were looking at. Has he been there all the time? He just needed game time and same with Bar. Abdullah had a few good games off the bench and we thought, oh, what a player. Took him out the firing line a bit, I think, after the Cardiff game. I think he had to learn a few things and he was brilliant at day. Miss you, the forgotten man. How good is he on the ball? Technically. Just wanted to, just wanted to say I, I, I miss you too. 
But <laughs> but yeah, Mishu was brilliant, and he was. And I've seen a start on Twitter as well about Ellis Sims. He's not for his size. He's not a target man, and even though he's quick, he's not someone who can just run at and run past people. But I've seen the thing today. I think he's had like twelve shots on target as a Sunderland player and scored eight. Something like that. To me, he's a poacher. And we just never realised that he was a poacher until stuff like this, like his two goals. He, he's he's good, but I think he needs someone up there at times, which would be great when Stewart's fully fit and can play 90. But we've got we've got options and I just feel like we're starting to see now as we grow into the into the league and as a team we grow and get used to each other. And and Mowbray probably get used to the players. But we've got some uh, some talent and we can cause teams problems and that's this season, that's all I wanted. If you look at Wigan, you look at Rotherham, who finish above us, we're miles better than them, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we are as well. And I feel quite comfortable and confident in saying that. Um, and look, anything can change. And people might point us back in six months' time when we finish 14th and go, idiots. But we can only react to where we are right now. And I'm bloody happy at the minute. Um, I'm going to ask a, a question that I don't know whether it was actually answerable, which is brilliant. And I like that. I've got one in my mind who I think is. Um, but we could go through every single player, and we probably will by the time the half hour finishes. But who was who was your man of the match tonight? Who was the player that stood out for you most? It's hard to pick one. I, I get that, but ah, uh, it's it's hard, isn't it? So many individuals. I, I, I would have probably said Dan Neil for playing, but I'm, I'm guessing you've got someone else because there's a lot of standouts. For me, and this might surprise people, considering how good we were attacking. But I thought Tri Hume was outstanding. Yeah, that's a good shout. And that tackle in the first half, the money I would pay to see that again it was an, it was just a beauty, and it was meant, and it was desire, and it was will to win the ball, and a little bit of malice, which is kind of nice. Um, but I think Tri Hume was a player who I went over to the game in Portugal in preseason against Rangers. And he played really, really well for the first 45, obviously, before the game got um, abandoned due to the Blumen floodlights uh, against Ryan Kent, who is not a shabby player. I mean, I know he's not been on form for a couple of months up here, but it's not bad. Could be a Premier League play in January. Exactly. Um, I don't think he's going to drop down to the Championship, put it that way, and, and try as someone who six months ago, well, a year ago, was playing for Linfield, um, which is a completely different level where Ryan Kent played and he looked good. And I thought, you know, if you can take that in, and I think if people remember at the start of the season, <clears throat> like some people felt Try was a little bit unlucky not getting the team. And then I think Gucci sort of nailed that position and then O'Nine filled in a little bit. We played the back three a little bit and, and he never really got the opportunity and he had a, a really good first half against Burnley and then he got caught a little bit against a very good side in the second half as many of the players did. But he came in against Birmingham. He was excellent that night against Birmingham when he was kind of thrown in at the deep end. And he's been thrown in at deep end a few times, even last season against Rotherham at home when he struggled a little bit. But now the more that I watch Tri Hume, the more I just go, actually, he's pretty good. I think he's starting to put in the performances where he can challenge to make that right back slot his own. And he's one of many, um, not just in that position, one of many that can challenge for position in the team. And that's probably the beauty of this. We've got, I mean, hang on, who was out tonight? Sirkin. Pritchard was basically out. Danny Bart, Gooch, Stewart didn't start. And I'm sure Alessi is another one. 
And we're talking about players in this team that are trying to make positions their own. Huggins is another one. Trying to make positions their own. And realistically, if you look at the team, it's a bit of a patched up team. Um, but another one I've got a shout out for, I thought Matete was excellent for the last 20 minutes he came on. I've been saying I like Matete for a while. I thought he gave us energy and impetus to kind of push us over the line and won the ball back a couple of times to be able to give it to the other players. Um, I, I kind of, I'm t- I started this trying to talk about Tri Hume and I'm going through all of the players that ended up on the pitch. It's bloody wonderful, isn't it, Ross? That kind of stuff. Ah, it's meant. It's really good. And fair play to Tri Hume because the Burnley game setting off, he, he took some shit after because he, he did crumble. I think he did. But uh, once again, he's how old is he? 19, 20? Just burns, aren't they? He's a kid. Yeah, he's a they're kid. kids. And they're going to they're gonna make mistakes. But as long as they're learning from them, which they clearly are, because they're coming back and putting in good performances, then so be it, you know what I mean? We're gonna, they've got a bright future, and I think Gooch did well at the start of the season for me. But purely defensively, I think he's, he's a bit suspect lately when he's played. And I think if Tri Hume can now have a run of games, which I think he will, because I don't think Gooch will be risked with his injury being a muscle injury, then... Why not have a run in the team? You know what I mean? And Huggins has been desperately unlucky to have another setback, which is a massive shame because against Birmingham, he was class considering mm-hmm. he hadn't kicked a ball in like a year and a half. And that's two good young fullbacks that have gone no books who've just never really had a chance or a good bit of luck to, you know what I mean, to get a run in the, run the green, to get a run in the team. But, but I like to say you went through everyone there. In Jacko, left wing back. He did all right, didn't he, when he came on? Our number nine, Jacko, playing left wing back. Who would have thought it? Christian Speakland's got it all wrong. He's a left wing back. I've always said he was a left wing back, mate. I've always said Jacko should be the left wing back. But, oh, uh... what, a, what a team. But yeah, like you see, a Pritchard, what a signal that is, though, coming off the bench and then getting injured straight away. Nah, it's a shame, but I feel like it is. Can, a sh- I feel like we can cope. Yeah, that's it. We've got, like you see, we've mentioned all these attacking players. But I just want to give another shout out to the defence as well. The mm-hmm. goal was sloppy, but it kind of like, I think Patterson would look back at it and want to do better. But then he saved our arsons. Boxing day works that way. Like you say, young players' mistakes will happen as long as they're making them less than they're doing good. I'm fine with it. And also, like, the block by 09. Massive again. Like, he, he might... <laughs> He's got his flaws defensively, but I think he's getting better every week. And I think he's made that position himself. Do you know what? I don't know whether O'Neill does have a flaw because he seems to fit into every position and do well. There was one point, which obviously um, would probably be quite embarrassing if you watched it back, but I think it's the same one you're talking about where it kind of goes over his head a bit and he, he knocks it back. And I was screaming at the telly for how well he did. And normally I'm screaming at the telly because I'm annoyed. And I was just shouting repeatedly at TV where he couldn't hear me, just saying how much that was fucking brilliant over and over again because it was just desire to know that he'd made a slight mistake the lad was through. And it was just unadulterated, sheer desire to win that ball. And the thing I loved about the team in the second half as well, we were good in the first half, but the thing I love about the team in the second half, we did not lose any loose balls or any second balls because we wanted the ball. And I love seeing that. I just, I love... Passion, which comes across in desire, will to want the ball, will to need the ball, will to utilise the ball correctly. And if it's 
combined with the composure that our forward line's got, it's a wonderful, wonderful mix. Set up for us to get beat off Blackpool now, like, but um, I think there's just so much stuff I could say. Ballard was excellent. Ballard's just back. He broke his foot. He barely played this season. Bailey Wright's been away in Australia and barely played for them and probably still, oh, he can't be jet lagged from Dubai, I guess, like, but, um, but like, he was solid. Nothing, nothing got past Bailey, and Bailey is turning into about our fourth or fifth choice centre off. Um, I I just felt like the entire team was excellent. And look, I'm not going to have any negatives. I'm going to have zero negatives here. We played really, really well for the best part of seventy minutes. But can I just point out that when Ross Stewart came on, we scored three. <laughs> True, but I think if we look back at it, when we're sitting up being negative and slightly critical, should have been three 0 before they even had their first shot on target. Yeah. A chance, you know, the Diallo one where we hit the crossbar. <laughs> I know we're kind of really great. <laughs> That's <laughs> the easier ones for me. <laughs> he, should, he could, he could, he could, he's missed loads of sitters where they're easy just tap ins and then he just scores screamers all the time or brilliant goals. It's just what he does. It's just Diallo things. Can we, and... dis- can we discuss what the uh, Robert's celebration was, by the way? What was that? He was like shuffling about. A penguin? Why is he doing a penguin? I don't know. Hakimi did it for Morocco. Ah, oh, so he did. When he scored that, like... Um... Aye, the Penenka. Penenka, that's the one. Aye. But I, uh, wonder if it's, I wonder if it's like a computer game thing and we're just not done with the kids, Graham. Uh, mate, I talked about that with the Diallo celebration when he's doing that thing with his arms and someone it's off Fortnite and I'm like, what's Fortnite? And I've just found out not a long ago. I've seen Matete did the one next to him as well. So... But today, just, we're just a well-oiled machine. Everything, everybody just went in the positions, did the jobs, wanted it more than Wigan. And what I still love about it is when Wigan scored, and I know I'm going to go with James McLean, did that slide tackle him. Even journalists, right, who I'm not going to name, but tweeted saying like, oh, it was great. Look, I love that celebration. Well, he's sliding back to League One by the looks of it, isn't he? Yeah. Because... The journalist, He's not very good. The journalist you meant was Paul Kendrick. And uh, Paul is oh. Paul is a very nice fellow. But yes, as he said, you know, when it goes out, you've got to be able to take it back. And I think the three goals is the best way to respond to any sort of gloat from any sort of former Sunderland player, be that yeah. playing Max Power, whoever. Um, but Ross... One on, thing, yeah, can we on. quickly go back there? How did Broadhead not get in that team? I have no idea. That's just something that I have... Obviously, we've been linked with him again I in the press. Um, but if he can't get on their team, that makes me worry a bit because they're not very good. I mean, that's the second game they've lost 4-1, right? But I think as good as we were, they, they were really bad as well. Like you say, if it was 7-1 or something, like, I don't think there could have been many complaints. No, let's see. I thought we should be three 0 before they even had a first shot target. So, but yeah, it's just although mind I would say they love a hoof ball, so maybe that could be it. it. This certainly doesn't look like the kind of team where he would fit into it. Um, before we kind of head off towards Blackpool, I'm going to do a preview in the morning. By the way, so you're going to get two for the price of one, which is lovely. If you listen to this in the morning, the pre- previews are probably already on the way out or out. Um, but before we talk about Blackpool, I just want to point out the best chant this season. Is hundred percent being the yeah 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 yeah, colo 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 two way chant at the end. One of the most cringiest boring chants ever. But in tonight and in the context of the game, it was absolutely superb. Whoever started that, give yourself a massive pat on the back. 
the timing was perfect and got to give it to the way fans again and now it's like oh look how good we are but four and a half thousand there Ridiculous. Christmas week I'm going to take another four thousand to Blackpool or whatever it is after having 40 odd thousand at home on Boxing Day they say give they say if we keep putting performances like this you'll not be able to get a ticket away from home and you struggle anyways and then the home games will be jumping you, you, you know what I mean if, you, if, you, if we put our home form up everyone's on about the atmosphere but the games where we've battled and either drawn where we've battled or we've won at the end like say the Wigan game I remember the the game on Boxing Day it was jumping mm-hmm. absolutely jumping and the fans will respond to that people got to remember for the majority of our fan base we used to being up there and doing well League One was rough on every one of us because we were fish out of water we'd never been used to it all we, we would everything was about winning so it didn't matter how we did it but it was just about winning now we can enjoy the ride and you'll, the fans will come on go with the club we can put performances like that like see we might even miss out but at least we're having a go yeah like that, that's what like if we don't get in the playoffs this season, it's all right. But do I think we can get them? Yeah, absolutely. Or based on the first six months of the season, yeah. Um, if we don't get them, it's all right. I'm not gonna hate anyone. The pressure's completely off. It's not like League One where it was like shit or bust. You go up or or you, the club put, potentially dies, which is what I felt like at points. This is just like let's have a crack. We've got really good players that you know some of them look Premier League quality. Roscoe. Diallo's Premier League quality without a doubt. I dare say Patrick Roberts on his days is up there as well. I've seen far worse players in the Premier League than, than Patrick Roberts. But um, you're right about the fans though, Ross. Like, look, I, I don't think I'm a bad fan. I, I like to think I'm all right. I spend a lot of my time talking about Sunderland and, and travelling about from Scotland to Sportland. So I like to think I'm not too bad. But there's people like there every single game. And like, they're loud and they get home late and they start work early. I know a couple of people who like went down to Cheltenham last season and had to get work for work in the morning after like four o'clock getting in and they'd seen us get beat. And I'm like, how, how can you do that? Like, I don't know. Like, and I'm not just talking about like young people who've got like less responsibilities. I'm talking about blokes, grown women, like getting to the game and just that's, all that they do, and it's not a case of they have not. Well, I'm saying it's all that I do. It's not. It's not the only thing they've got in their life. It's just like a duty, and I just I, hats off to them. I mean, I'm going to uh, Blackpool on Sunday, and I've been away a few times this season, but I, and I don't think I could afford it to go to every single game. Um, and I don't know whether I, I could, like, because it's tough. But there's some people who haven't missed a game in about ten years, no matter what, and like. It's them people that deserve this, really, isn't it? Like people like that should just be rattling in this. And you say the home form has been good, but I'm, I'm buzzing for the way fans have seen some performances and some moments this season. Been worth it you this season, I mean? They really have. Like you see every you, you as well, which I love, right? You just see these random vloggers pop up at games just to watch Sullen fans at away game. They're not bothered about the game. They just want the views on the Sullen fans to go mental behind the goal. And it, it's because they're now we're, we're absolutely mint. Let's be honest, women will follow all over. And um, I see that Colo Tory champ was a good laugh today. I enjoyed that one. Very good. Um, Onward to Blackpool, whatever. You know, there's going to be a point where we, we feel a bit crap and we're going to go, oh no, hopefully it's not New Year's Day. But um, Ross, no other way to put this, but I absolutely love Sunderland. It's, it's, it's fun, isn't it? It's fun again. This season's been fun. Even, even after the Cardiff game, we're a bit like, oh, red flags and that. But we're still mid-table in the championship. <laughs> like yeah. we've been a lot worse, a lot worse. I think 
the best way to put it is like, do you know that phrase, everything's coming up Millhouse? I've heard it before. It's like that. It's like everything's coming up. Like you think, oh, if Roberts can rediscover his format, that's kind of worked in the past six to eight months. You think if Ross Sewer could just, you know, score a couple of goals in the in the championship and he's scoring every week. And you think, well, if Sims can add to that, Sims is like, I think, joint top scorer now with Ross Gore or like a level with him and stuff like, oh, if we can just get our home form sorted and we're starting to sort it out. It's a little bit like, when you, yeah, I think also fans know what it feels like when things just fall into place and things are falling into place, and the best part is the pressure's just not there. Yeah, but I think the pressure being off is a big thing, especially for the young. I think a lot of the younger players crumbled a bit last year with the pressure, which mm-hmm. is understandable because, as you say, in, in League One you lose and it's like the worst thing in the world, and if you win, you're expected to win. So, other than the win at Wembley and maybe Sheffield Wednesday, I feel like. The rest were expected wins, and oh, we should be winning that game. So it it feels a bit different to when we win in the championship now, and without being disrespectful, well, I am being disrespectful. Shit clubs are beating us, and now when we're getting beat, we're like, oh well, they're 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 an alright championship side. It can happen, and we're just we're not getting beat by shit anymore. We're getting beat by proper teams, and we're like I say we're playing good football, giving it a go. We'll lose some like the West Brom game. But sometimes after like the Cardiff game, we fuming. But then there's sometimes like now where we're waxing lyrical about how good we are, and I think that's the beauty of the championship. I think it's a great league as a neutral and even a supporter because three wins and you're in the playoffs. You know what I mean? We that's essentially the way it is, and it's fun and exciting, and it's just good to enjoy the football again. We've got a good young squad there with a manager who likes to play good football and if you asked us at the start of the season, after Wigan you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna lose Alex Neal after after the before the Norwich game. Stuart and Sims are gonna get injured. Let's not forget that. I don't think we should forget that we played three quarters of the season with zero strikers. We talk we'll talk about that about the strikers as well though, but there's other players that have been out for a portion of time. Pritchard's now talking a couple of games. Yeah, since. unless he's missed a long time. Sirkin missed a couple of months. Mm-hmm. He's missed Gooch, has missed, Gooch has missed quite a lot. Corey Evans has missed a few games. Like Dan Ballard, our best, in my opinion, our best centre half signing, has missed three quarters of the season. Luke O'Nine has, has played centre back or left back or right back all season. When last season he played centre mid in the in the playoff final. It, it, it's it's mad. It's a, it's a laugh in it. It's fun. Great. I think it's brilliant. It's just Sunland, isn't it? It's just Sunland. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just you locks up, isn't it? And, it? and I think um but massive credit to everyone at the club at the minute. Um I'm sometimes guilty of looking so deep into things. And I did it even the day with the steward stuff, which we haven't even touched on, but um credit to the club. That. No, 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 let's not mention it. <sighs> um but I think one thing that's pleasing me most, and I just want to end it on this, is that you touched about us getting beat sometimes and we go, well, okay, we're going to lose games sometimes. I think the reason for that is this team, and I'm sure there'll be someone along in a minute with some stats, but I'm pretty certain when we lose one game or have a bad performance, we very rarely have two in a row. And yeah, we massive. respond well. Yeah. The one thing we weren't doing is winning two on the bounce. We've done that twice now since the break. We were counting the Birmingham game, then we'll be Bill Wall, and now we've beat Blackburn, and then Wigan. Two home, two away. So that'd be it's a nice little mix. Doing all right, aren't we? 
Ah, okay. Ross, impromptu as it was when we've just talked about how great Sunderland is, but it's fine. If people don't like it, then you know what's wrong with you. I'll um, see well in it, though. Oh, me no, mate, me no. Um, I'm slightly less drunk than I was on Boxing Day, so that's a start. If you haven't listened back to it yet, we were trashed and it was great. Um, but Ross, enjoy your night, mate. Thanks for popping on. Like, subscribe, share, share up your ass, not bothered. Do what you want. <laughs>